Hello, and welcome to Doctor Who Panel Panel. This is Jeremy B. Ment, your host, welcoming you to episode 145. Surprise, this isn't a monthly schedule anymore. I'm going to try to do something new and uh, get to a twice-a-month schedule. Let me try to explain briefly what I'm trying to do. I want to have one episode a month where we talk about new stuff, whether it be reviewing the latest comic or strip from Doctor Who magazine, present to you a new interview with some uh, Doctor Who comic creator. But then I want to do a second episode where I can go back to the archives of Doctor Who panel to panel and bring you a classic interview with uh, somebody. I started thinking there's probably quite a few people who are new to Doctor Who panel to panel, new to Doctor Who comics, and a lot of people probably haven't heard interviews that I did, you know, years ago. I always keep saying that the interviews I've done and people that I've talked to before are just as interesting and relevant today as they were when I originally did them. So I want to present them to you, to the the hopefully new people that are listening who may not have heard these past interviews, and uh, I hopefully you enjoy them and get something out of them. I think you will. Uh, in fact, I can almost guarantee that you will. But that is what I'm trying to do with this this uh, secondary episode. It's called a classic episode, but it will have some new content for me talking about whatever is on my mind, whether it be Doctor Who comics, Doctor Who in general, uh, comics in general, who knows? It kind of gives me a chance to speak my mind and uh, talk about things I like, things I don't like, and everything in between. So that's what this second episode per month is going to be, and I, I hope you will enjoy it. In this episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel, like I said, I'm going to talk about uh, things that are on my mind, and then we will go into a classic interview. And this time around, I have chosen an interview I did way back in 2015 with Doctor Who uh, comic writer, Doctor Who book writer, Doctor Who big finish audio writer, um, and Doctor Who TV writer Paul Cornell. Uh, he's a very good friend of the show. He's somebody who has championed this podcast uh, since the early days, and he is a listener of it. And uh, I love chatting with Paul. This, uh, this interview I thought was really good. Uh, you get to learn quite a bit about Paul as a, as a person. And he also has a Kickstarter that's going to be starting here shortly for his Saucer State, Saucer Country uh in our, uh, independent comic that he did uh, that started out with uh, DC Comics and went to IDW. He is going to do a Kickstarter campaign to uh, collect it all into one big massive volume. And I thought, hey, this is the perfect time to rebroadcast this interview that I did with Paul from you know seven years ago now. So I think you'll enjoy it. I think uh, a lot of you people who have, are new to Doctor Who Panel Panel will enjoy these new, uh, new-to-you interviews. And those of you who have been longtime listeners will probably enjoy listening to these interviews again as much as I am because my memory is horrible and I'm sure I'm going to hear stuff in here that I totally forgot about. So, with all this rambling out of the way, let's get into this episode. This past week in Doctor Who comics news, it's been an interesting week. Uh, I was expecting, I think a lot of people were expecting the Doctor Who comics uh, 2022 special to come out because it was slated to come out this past week. However, Titan Comics decided to delay it until next summer sometime uh, due to the fact that it is a 10th Doctor story and they thought that this would be more apropos, more fitting to put it out next year 
after we're done with the 13th Doctor, Jodie Whittaker era, and moving on to the Doctor Who specials that'll be coming out next fall with uh, David Tennant and Catherine Tate. To say I was disappointed is probably an understatement because I've been looking forward to this uh, special, this annual, for lack of a better term, for quite some time. Um, you know, a Dan Slott story about with Doctor Who in it is something I've been longing for for years, uh, ever since his Silver, Sur- Silver Surfer work for Marvel Comics, where it basically is kind of a Doctor Who story without Doctor Who in it. Um, but combine that with artwork by Matthew Dow Smith and Mike Collins and Christopher Jones and that wonderful Adam Hughes 10th Doctor and Martha cover. And, you know, this is a, a sold book before it even comes out for me. But uh, I can understand Titan Comics' uh, business decision behind this. Um, and to me, it makes sense. Yes, I think you'll get more mileage out of this book coming out next year when we are all talking about the 10th Doctor uh, either returning or uh, the 10th Doctor lookalike showing up on uh, our TV screens next uh, summer, fall, whenever they, they air these specials. But I, I do want to say that I was really disappointed in Titan Comics because they've had plenty of time to kind of come up with this business decision uh, up to now. And to me, it feels like they're dropping the ball or not really caring about their their Doctor Who range at this point. Um, I don't know why that is. I don't know if they're thinking, well, once we get past the Jodie Whittaker uh, finale here in uh, two weeks, Doctor Who is going to kind of be on the back burner for until, you know, late next year. So that kind of gives us a break where we don't really need to put out anything. Or um, if they were just, it, it's hard to tell really. Um, I think this is kind of a poor business decision. Uh, me personally, if I was running Titan Comics, I would have considered this as a possibility of holding this special back till next year, far earlier in this year, and would have come up with something to uh, put out in as far as Doctor Who comic content to bridge this gap between now and next year. You know, we just got done with the Doctor Who origin story that Jody Hauser did, uh, featuring the the renegade Doctor um, or the fugitive Doctor, however you want to call her, and uh, it was a good story. It uh, you know was just a four issue miniseries. Titan Comics seems to be doing these four issue miniseries, but I've I would have had something in the hopper, something you know in the works to put out because. At this rate, you're almost just saying, well, we really don't care about the Doctor Who comic license that we have anymore, or at least for the foreseeable future. They don't have anything on the slate. There's been no news of anything coming out. I could be totally wrong. Who knows? They could be working on something right now, and, you know, in the span of the next, they could people could already be writing or drawing a story right now. Uh, we do not know. But to have this, I hate having this gap where you have nothing going on, where there's no either news of a new series to be starting, um, and there's nothing in the previous catalog. You know, we have the the Origins trade paperback coming out in a month or two, which, okay, that's something, but that's not new content. Having something always fresh and new is, in my opinion, very important to keeping the the Doctor Who comic... uh, idea alive, the mentality with fans that yes, there's going to be a new Doctor Who comic coming out to front and center. 
And who knows? It's New York Comic Con this weekend. Maybe they will have news coming out, uh, even today as I record this, saying that, oh, we do have this uh, Doctor Who comic coming out come January uh, or February and, uh, you know, another miniseries. Who knows? I guess we'll have to wait and see. I just wanted to kind of voice my opinion that I'm kind of disappointed in Titan. Um, like I said, I totally understand why they're holding Dan Slott's uh, special back a year. But to have something already lined up to go would have been, uh, I think, more of a, a good sound business sense. So there's my Doctor Who comic uh, news for uh, this episode. A couple other things I want to talk about. Uh, the Gallifrey One Convention out in California had just announced yesterday that uh, Jody Whitaker is going to be one of their very special guests coming up for the new convention, uh, the Gallifrey One Convention coming up in February next year. I want to just want to say congratulations, kudos to Sean Lyon and company for getting such a big name uh, celebrity to come to the convention. I know uh, Twitter is a flutter with everybody being super excited to uh, get to meet Jody, And uh, in fact, the other Jody, Jody Hauser, writer of Doctor Who Comics, uh, is really looking forward to meeting uh, the other Jody, uh, which I think is really cool and really fun, and I'm very happy about that. A couple other things I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, in two weeks, the, the Power of the Doctor, which I agree with pretty much everybody else that this is a horrible name for an episode, it is going to be airing uh, on October 23rd. It will be... Uh, I, I'm looking forward to it just because, you know, finales of, of an actor's reign as the Doctor are always fun, good, uh, sad episodes. And I'm sure this, this one scene out, Jodie Whittaker, will be no different. I'm looking forward to it. I wanted to uh, thank Jodie Whittaker. I know she doesn't listen to this podcast, but nevertheless... I'm putting my thank you out there. Thank you for the work that you have done on Doctor Who. I have enjoyed you as uh, the Doctor. I want to throw in my two cents that I think you were underserved uh, by Chris Chibnall, whether it be um, the writing of the episodes. I was disappointed with the the Doctor's portrayal via the script in uh, many episodes. To me, the Doctor is a very... Uh, forefront presence in a story. The Doctor is somebody who walks into a situation, grasps what's going on, comes up with a plan to save the day, and gets everybody on board just because of the commanding presence that the Doctor has. There were many episodes in Jodie's era where I think Jodie as an actress had that presence. However, the script didn't allow her to step to the forefront and be the, the Doctor character that I think of when I think of Doctor Who. Um, this kind of goes hand in hand with just the the Chris Chibnall era in general. I have I'm joining the the masses of fans who were very disappointed in how Chibnall did not want to promote the show. He was very much the I don't want to spoil thing for anybody. So I'm not going to say anything to anybody about what's going on. I think that has done a, a major disservice to the TV show. And I am very much looking forward to Russell T. Davies taking over full force and giving us lots of stuff to uh, read and see and get us excited once again for Doctor Who. Can't wait for this to happen. And that's all I have to say about that. If you want to uh, discuss these points with me, 
feel free. You can do so by going to Twitter and uh, talking to me at Doctor Who P2P, two being the number two. You can also find me on Facebook under Jeremy B. Ment. Look for the uh, Gallifreyan logo, Jeremy B. Ment. That is me, as well as going to the Doctor Who panel to panel Facebook page and leaving some comments on there. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you. And let's move on to the next part of this episode. Exterminate! Paul Cornell has been a friend of Doctor Who panel to panel for a very long time. Um, He is somebody who has been a strong believer in Doctor Who panel to panel, somebody who promotes Doctor Who panel to panel, uh, and I am very thankful for that. Paul is uh, somebody who I consider a friend. We've known each other a good long time, uh, much longer than this podcast, but he is somebody who I've uh, always enjoyed talking to. I love reading his stuff. I love watching his uh, Doctor Who episodes, and I had a chance to talk to him way back in 2015 when he was writing the Four Doctors uh, Titan Comics special event that, uh, at that point in time, had the most recent Four Doctors getting together for a a wonderful story. And coincidentally enough, this uh, Four Doctors story is being brought out once again from Titan Comics. They are putting all their big special events together in a wonderful slipcase edition that I know I'm going to look fondly at on my shelf once I receive my copy. And it was wonderful to have a chance to chat with Paul back in 2015 about this series, as well as uh, everything else that just kind of popped up as we chatted. And I think for those of you who haven't heard this interview with Paul Cornell, you're in for a treat. So let's go back to 2015 and listen to uh, myself chatting with Doctor Who, writer of all types of media, whether it be TV, audios, comics, or novels, uh, here's Paul Cornell. Paul Cornell, thank you for joining me on Doctor Who Panel to Panel today. Oh, hey, thanks for, thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem. I, I'm a longtime fan of yours, and I've known you for a while, and mm-hmm. um, I'm really looking forward to The Four Doctors. Can you give us kind of a, an elevator pitch about what The Four Doctors is about? Well, um, and it's difficult because I keep dropping the, this article as well, but it's just Four Doctors. <laughs> um, because uh, Big Finish have a title called The Four Doctors, and also it makes it, I think, a little different, um, maybe a little classier. It just underlines difference a bit. And um, it's um, a uh, Titan have... Um, dropped uh, all of their um, uh, regular Doctor Who comic lines for the 9th, 10th, and 11th Doctors for five weeks across the summer. And during those five weeks, I'm writing a weekly five-part crossover between those three Doctors. And um, the artist is Neil Edwards, who is terrific and just capable of of such finesse and um, is, is full of uh, the, the ability to not only get the likenesses, but to get the body language too. So if I describe Matt, Matt Smith as, um, uh, I keep calling Matt Smith Matt Jones. If I keep <laughs> if, if I keep describing Matt, if I describe Matt Smith as um, he, the eleventh Doctor is trying to make a point, Neil will draw him with one finger up on each hand in that way that uh, Matt Smith has. Oh, really? There's a wonderful chase scene that Neil's drawn where he's got him running along with his knees in the air like Troughton. Oh, yeah. And, and it's that feeling of physicality that the, for the, from the characters, I think, really sets this artwork apart. I'm amazed by it. Um, it's um, the um, 
It all comes about um, because Clara um, realizes that something awful is about to happen to do with a photograph that might mean the end of the universe. And um, she's desperate to contact um, the companions of the other two doctors, but not those doctors, because she wants to avoid, for reasons which will become clear, what she calls some sort of multi-doctor event. And um, however, thankfully, she fails. And the three doctors run into each other. And we've got five issues of summer blockbuster fun. Oh, awesome. Uh, really, really delighted. I think it's uh, I've now finished writing it. And um, I'm watching these lovely pages come in. And, and it, 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 I think, actually, it's not a tearjerker. Um, but it's one of my best Doctor Who stories. I'm, I'm immensely pleased by it. Really? So is it- um, it's, it's been... Go ahead. It's been tremendously satisfying. Is it, is it just kind of a uh, kind of a, a romp of a story, or just you know? A, a... Well, there's there's a there's a there's dramatic weight to it as well. But by summer blockbuster, I mean it doesn't um, stop in any one place long enough to um, do anything other than um, have an adventure. It's very much an adventure adventure. I'm just, I'm just sort of making a vague dividing line between this and things like Human Nature. Okay. Um, yeah, so um, it's uh, I'm, I'm tremendously excited by it. Oh, awesome! I, I know I was curious. Uh, the the teaser that that Titan released, like the first five pages, uh, we end up on the planet Marinus with uh, with the Vord of some kind. Are there going to be other kind of nods to the history of Doctor Who thrown into the story? Um, there are um, some other old monsters appearing. Uh huh. Um, and um, four doctors means all sorts of things. Uh, that's as far as we can um, we can say about that. Me and Andrew James, the wonderful editor, sat down for a very careful conference about what we could say. And um, <laughs> four doctors means several different things. Not 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 even just two, but several different things in the. Um, I, I should say that's all you're going to see of the War Doctor. Those, those um, opening pages oh, really? are his entire appearance. But, um, as I say, that's, that's just whetting my appetite to see the rest of the, this, the first issue alone. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I've seen the first two now in the finished product and three near, near the end of being finished. And the art is just gorgeous. You know, you, that, um, last page with, um, of the preview with Clara and, uh, the 12th doctor, mm-hmm. Um, that's really Neil starting to show off what he can do. There's a, a certain stylization to the John Hurt sequences, which we get a lot more photorealistic from that point onwards. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just delighted by, by his work. I know seeing the, the sketches that were in the free comic book day comic, uh, he does an awesome job of capturing the likenesses of all the doctors. Oh, and his Clara is just terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, and also he gives a unique body language to, um, uh, uh, Gabby and to, um, Alison as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about those two, uh, the two companions that are kind of Titans creations. Was it a challenge writing those companions? Have you, did you have to do a lot of research or read the, the previous issues of, of their books in order to f- capture their feel? Well, actually, I've been reading all of it anyway. I'm, I'm reading their entire. I've been reading their entire range of, of monthly, so that wasn't very hard at all. And um, it, this, if you're not familiar with those companions, 
this forms a perfect jumping on point. Um, we kind of reintroduce everybody to some degree, which Titan are very good at. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you just like the idea of a multi-doctor crossover, don't let um, the fact that um, we're in the middle of continuity for the other two doctors, for all three doctors, actually get in your way. Um, uh, I really, really like Alice and Gabby. I think they've they've come to be as real for me as any actor. And um, it was taking, um, making sure they each get what is on, on the page for as long as each other. And... Um, making sure they all got their, their, their due. They, they all narrate to some degree. Um, uh, we have, um, I think it's issue three is very much, um, uh, one of issue two and one of issue three, I can't remember which order it goes in. One is narrated by Alice and one is narrated by okay. Gabby. And, um, so that, that really helps to bring over who they are. And, um, what, what the one, the really important thing about this for me and something that, we we had initial the initial discussions were about doing a multi doctor crossover where the doctors didn't actually meet where it was just the companions who met and I thought that would really and and you know this isn't it wasn't a, a, a big argument Titan very swiftly agreed this was literally the first the first thought um, the um, that we should have lots of doctor interaction that actually. For a multi-doctor story, what the audience wants is for to see how these personalities interact oh, with each definitely. other, and so that's what we really lead on. There's tons of that. Um, we're with them together almost the whole run, and um, my my implicit feeling about the characters of those three three put together, twelve can't tell the other two. He doesn't want to share with the other two where he's from, what's going on, and so. The other two are kind of amazed. One of the lovely things about the the Titan range of comics is that um, each Doctor is taken from a very specific point in their timeline. Um, The um, Titan comics are set, as you know, in in, very specific Uh points in the the TV series. And so the 10th and 11th Doctor haven't met before at this point. Um, We're not at um, the uh, Day of the Doctor yet. And um, they regard the 12th as amazing and impossible because they think their, their regeneration cycle, 11 thinks his regeneration cycle is over uh-huh. with him. Um, so 12 won't tell them where he's from or how he came to be. And 10 thinks he doesn't act at all like the doctor, that he's very, very different. Uh-huh. And so 10 immediately suspects something is wrong, that some dirty deal has been done. And um, he, with his guilt, and 12 with no guilt at all, um, are just at each other's throats, with 11 putting his hands up between them, saying, now, can't we all just try and get along? (laughs) Which we saw little of, I think, in the phone call um, at the start of the last season between um, 11 and Mm -hmm. Clara. And um, it just occurred to me that 11 would be much more the peacemaker between these guys and much more open to hearing or kind of trying to work out how the 12th Doctor could come to be. And um, it's it's our job, one of many jobs in these five issues, to, you know, indicate how all this is possible. Um, we, we're we going to use um, Stephen Moffat's theory from the new um, DWM um, about how doctors forget multi-doctor oh, crossovers. Yeah. And uh, But it's rather more complicated than that for these guys. And um, 
I'm, I'm having those voices interacting with each other and bouncing off each other. It feels like I'm doing something completely new. And that's a wonderful feeling. We, we've had such support from the BBC. Um, Derek Ritchie, the producer, um, is actually our read through these scripts and tell us what we can and can't oh, do, really? man. And he's been um, tremendous, uh, incredibly supportive. Sometimes his notes have just been cascades of laughter, which is <laughs> lovely. And uh, he's been, you know, he's he's helped us to get that feeling of... Um, of genuine connection to the show and uh, honestly very few notes and they're mostly about uh, you know have we um, in in one case uh, he thought I'd gone too far with the 12th Doctor's um, Glaswegian-ness you know Uh, things like that so this this is really really cool and um, we've it's just a delightful process. Titan are a wonderful company to work for. Um, they've they've been so supportive, and Andrew James is a fa- fabulous editor. Just the attention to detail, you know, the way that um, we were just we were discussing the color color process on the last issue, um, where a particular panel, which is meant to be kind of joyous, kind of a uh-huh. release. Um, the colouring at that that point was uh, was kind of a greeny, and he, he said, "I think green makes that look, you know, kind of negative. Uh-huh. So let's change that to something that gives it a a blue sky, a positive vibe. Okay. You know, and things that when you've got when you're working with somebody who has that kind of attention to fine detail, you really feel you've got a big safety net. And and the camaraderie has been fantastic. We all hung out at San Diego and." You know, it's uh, it's nice to be part of a gang who all like Doctor Who. I, this is something I've been fortunate enough to encounter many times <laughs> in my working life. Sorry, I've just got on and on. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> quite all right. It, it definitely sounds like uh, you you've uh, found some some good cohorts to work with at Titan, and it sounds like maybe perhaps you might do some more work with them in the future. I'm guessing. I, I wouldn't <laughs> say no. Um, I'm um, I'm enjoying myself. Uh, they haven't actually got a free slot for quite a while in that, um, you know, they've uh, got uh, planned their three three central comics and their series of miniseries. Mm-hmm. They've also got planned out for a while. But, you know, when when there is a slot, we we will have a chat. I, 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 I much look forward to that. Well, I'm sure uh, many of us Doctor Who fans that uh, are fans of your work wouldn't mind having another Doctor Who story from you. Well, I'm. I've stopped saying no. Really, I feel. I feel successful enough in other areas now that I think I've proved something. So I'm not afraid of going back to it anymore, which is a, a really yes, nice. Yeah, feeling. it's awesome to hear. Actually, speaking of, of your career, um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about uh, was your first kind of professional writing uh, that you did for uh, the Doctor Who comic strip. Yeah, uh, me and uh, edited by John mm-hmm. Freeman. Um, my first professional credit is a Doctor Who comic strip, so I've been, I've been writing professionally, writing Doctor Who and writing Doctor Who comics for twenty five years now, and uh, I'm very, I'm, I may get it right soon. <laughs> um, the um, yeah, it was called Stairway to Heaven. It was, um, uh, it, 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 it's just recently been collected actually in the uh, volume before this one of the Seventh Doctor uh, uh-huh. strips. Um, along with a lovely bunch of nostalgic stuff for me, and I've got a couple more in the ne- in the next volume as well. Um, John Freeman, just terrific. Re- really, sort of it took me by um, 
Actually, no, of course it wasn't my first professional credit. It was a, it was an early professional credit. I'd already had, um, I think I'd had the new adventure. Okay, I wasn't sure how the, the comic strip yeah. had fallen in, in relation to your first new adventure book. And uh, the new adventures and um, the uh, my TV my first TV play happened almost at the same time, and I think it's the same year as the comic, but it, they're they're definitely before because I got the comic on the back of the of the new adventures, oh, okay. and um, uh, and um, he was terrific. He he basically taught me how to write write comics and kept on using me for increasingly large things in the years mm-hmm. afterwards. So it's really nice to have this stuff collected. Finally, yeah, it is. I've really enjoyed, it. and they do such a good job of putting those graphic novels together with all the the kind of director's cut stuff in the back. Oh yeah, I mean, I loved learning about Cartmel's Doctor Who, Doctor Strange, and things mm-hmm. like that. And I, I didn't have much to say about my two. Um, I, I felt the need to apologize for one of them, but apart from that. I don't know, it, but it was a, a drawn drawn by Gary Frank, which is fantastic, looking nothing like the modern day. If Gary you Frank. compare that that story to to your work with him on uh, Action Comics, wow, yeah, I mean he's he's got he's changed yeah, a lot, definitely, hasn't he? most definitely. <laughs> but it was to me, it was still a treat to read some of those old stories because I started reading Doctor Who magazine back in 1988. So you know, your your work is some of the early stuff that I read way back then. Well, thank you. It's uh, it, it's been a long, strange journey. <laughs> well, you've kind of come full circle. You're back to to working with uh, Titan Comics on the Four Doctors, and I know all of us Doctor Who comic fans are really looking forward to it uh, coming out here in just over a month. Yeah, we're having this enormous day, um, uh, Doctor Who Comics Day, which is um, on uh, August, Saturday, August the fifteenth, yep. globally. Yep. Uh, there are going to be people in comic book stores. Uh, it's, well, I think it's all around the world. Um, I'm doing about seven things that day in London. Oh, yeah. And signings and um, podcasts and all sorts of things. And, um, and I, Nick Abadzis has already said he's going to be in a comic shop, I think, in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so Titan have deployed their their forces globally. Um, it, it's an extraordinary um an extraordinary piece of publicity work, actually. The the, the um, Ricky Clayton, uh, Titans um, comic PR uh-huh. guy, uh, just this amazing force of nature. I get um, emails from him at 10 p.m. at night, going, "Yeah, look at this, look at this. Is is what I've done tonight. <laughs> this is what he. Uh, this is what he's done after he's got home uh-huh. from work. You know, and um, uh, that that's actually his accent as well. He's uh, uh, um, and." Um, uh, you know, he's 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 just put such effort into making it a real event, a real celebration of Doctor Who comics. Um, that that's ju- it's just tremendous to see. I tried to persuade him to come on um, Radio Free Scarra with us the other day, but he um, he likes to keep it, hide his light under oh, really? a bushel, uh, as most PR guys actually do. They feel that the the work should go out there in front, uh-huh. you know. But uh, so uh, I'm I'm delighted by the amount of attention this is going to. We got 19 variant covers. I, I saw that. I posted um, up all the different covers on my blog. Yeah, most most of which are um, shopkeepers, particular stores that have requested a special mm-hmm. one, which is is nice to see. Um, and I think the the Queen uh, Bohemian Rhapsody cover has got the most attention. I, I think so. Mm. So. Uh, 
Yeah, it, 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 we're doing all sorts of things that day, and it hasn't actually been revealed yet. There's, um, I think, later this week we're going to get a publicity release about um, exactly what's going to happen, all of it, um, globally on uh, Doc Two Comics. I know uh, a couple of local comic shops of mine have signed up for it, and so I'm going to be going there on that Saturday and uh, just hanging out with lots of Doctor Who folk. Oh, fabulous. Oh, but I, I know I'm really looking forward to I've been looking forward to it since they first announced that you were coming back to write a Doctor Who story. And and I'm <laughs> I'm sure that, uh, you know, having Neil Edwards doing the artwork, he's a fantastic artist. It, to me, it's a, a win-win situation all the way around. Well, yeah. And uh, I'm glad you're renting him separately, actually, because uh, he'll get to talk about his process, which, you know... Um, I, I think it, artists aren't talked to enough about this stuff. Well, that's that's part of the reason why I do this podcast is to talk to to the writers and kind of hear about their their history of how they got into writing, as well as talking to the artists and find out their influences and their process and uh, you know how they came into Doctor Who. What's your What's your favorite Doctor Who comic from back down the down the days? Um, from back down the days, um, I always go with the Flood. That's always been one of my favorites. Oh, I've i yeah. always I've been a longtime Cyberman fan ever since I first started watching Doctor Who, and to me, Scott Gray's done Scott, Scott Gray's done a tremendous job of curating that DWM strip. Oh, he has. He's he's a you know an amazing writer who just always comes up with something new and interesting, and he's been doing it for so long. I'm not surprised he hasn't run out of stories yet. Mm. Sorry, you you were going to tell me about uh, you know what you liked about it. Oh, I just to to me, I, I liked the the look of the the Cybermen. Kind of that it, to me, it was able to do a a big budget uh, Doctor Who Cybermen story by by creating the the that new look of the Cybermen, that futuristic look that you wouldn't be able to do with conventional TV without spending a lot of money on special effects. Oh yeah. That, that's one of my favorite things about the strip, the moments when it does things that the TV show couldn't do for one reason or another. And that those things are, are getting narrower in that the TV show's budget is now of a level where, you know, there, there isn't a lot a comic could show that the show, show uh-huh. can't. But so it's it's in other areas. It's like um, the moment where um, they have the Doctor unregenerate at the end of the re- recent 10th Doctor comic, I thought was genius. Yeah. Uh, because you simply couldn't do that on telly. There's no way any actor, any lead actor, is going to pop back for thirty seconds uh-huh. of that, you know. And um, no, I, I like back in the day. Tides of Time is so central oh, to yes. me. Um, it, it's influenced all my subsequent who writing. I, I think Parkhouse is an utter genius. Mm-hmm. The way that the way that does so much narrative, thanks to to um, Gibbons, without without actually much in the way of text. You know, it really lets the images do the do the talking, and um, I, I think that's a tremendous piece of work. Most definitely, and along those same lines, Voyagers, another one I, I always uh, enjoy. We just uh, I just had John Ridgway on the show a couple episodes oh, ago. I love John oh, Ridgway. Um, I'm glad I got I got to work with him at one point, which is um, on a multi doctor story, which was mm-hmm. pleasing. Um, just a oh, I can't remember what it was called, but um, it was just a few months after. Um, after my initial Who stories, it was for for some anniversary that only DWM was celebrating, but I can't remember which. I one. don't. <laughs> for, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head either without having to look that one uh, up. But I, I adore Ridgeway. I think he's just yeah. And, and that's that that Voyager story. Steve Parkhouse did just an amazing job of being able to tell you know this mind blowing type story, and and John's artwork capturing all that is just just amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Mm, mm. But um, no, I, I just thought since I'm on this podcast, it gives me an opportunity to talk with you about old Who comics, which is you know a subject close to my heart. Actually, I've been following this stuff for for decades. You know, uh, myself as well, and that's why why I uh, do this podcast is just to get all this stuff down. So. You know, we have a, a record of this this kind of thing about the the history of Doctor Who comics because I think it's just as important as the TV show. Oh God, yes, I I, I think the um, Mills and Wagner's Tom Baker stuff. There 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 moments like there are aliens at the bottom of your garden and um, have a cup of make a cup of tea. The robots uh-huh. being uh, kill the Doctor, <laughs> make a cup of tea. Uh, those are as iconic as anything Tom Baker did in the TV show. And they're, they're incredibly true to the spirit of the show, and amazing writing from Mills and Wagner. Oh, yeah. Actually, it was it was Mills or Wagner because they took turns, but um, I can't remember which which it was for <laughs> either of those. Yeah, there's there's so much good stuff when it comes to Doctor Who comics, and I, I think it's a shame that a lot of people that are Doctor Who fans kind of don't pay attention to the comics just because a lot of them see that it is a non-canonical, you know, thing that, that people uh, just don't pay attention to. But there's no, but there's no such thing as canon in <laughs> Doctor Who, as I keep saying. But, but I, I really like Jack Raider's uh, uh, recent um, Clara at the North Pole strip in, in DDBM. Uh-huh. I thought that, again, was doing something the TV show where the TV show wouldn't wouldn't do. making Making the nature of Clara's splintered selves in time absolutely definite um by having her meet uh, meet one of them and um yeah, that that's just tremendous work using using that to make an emotional mm-hmm. story i thought that was, that was fabulous yeah, very very much so in fact i uh, just went down to my comic shop today where i got that the the final part of that story since i'm over here in the states i'm like a month behind on doctor who magazine but i'm looking right, forward to, right. to finishing up that story because i've i've really enjoyed that that take on having you know clara meeting up with an alternate version of herself mm, mm. and uh so you know they're still going from strength as yeah, most definitely well I, i'm sure you're a br- busy gentleman and you got plenty of stuff to write and uh well indeed and uh, thank you very much for, for having oh, me I, I would love to have you on again at some point in time to talk more doctor who comics and i'm i'm thing i speak for everybody who's a uh, a, a Doctor Who comic fan to uh, thank you for what you've done in the past as well as present and future when it comes to Doctor Who comics. Well, thank you very much. It occurs to me there is one actually very important thing I haven't said that I should say. Um, the question everyone asks about four Doctors is why isn't the why isn't the Ninth Doctor uh-huh. in there? And um, I've seen that on so many comments lists. And um, I think there's one really big central important reason that it would ruin his story, that the art, his arc for that first season, which is now being added to by Cav Scott in um, Titans Ninth Doctor Mini, Mm -hmm. um, relies on him having no knowledge of the future of him thinking that he destroyed Gallifrey, that, um, you know, that it's all his fault. And, And for him, even if he's going to forget meeting with the other doctors, um, Rose and Captain Jack won't, and um, they could just tell him. Actually, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your entire existence isn't what you thought it was. It undermines that that uniqueness of him. You know, and um, uh, but I just wanted to say, there's absolutely no sense that we regard that Doctor as lesser 
or you know, a brilliant doctor, fantastic doctor, mm-hmm. you know, doctor I've written for and love. Yeah. And, you know, he's not being excluded from four doctors. He, he's being protected from it. And um, I think there's a, a very big difference there that we absolutely don't want him meeting other doctors because it ruins his story. Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense to me. Just because if you go through and watch that season, the through the whole season, you, you feel that weighing down on him. And and you're right. Mm. If, if he had some sort of even just an inkling knowledge of, yeah, everything's okay at the end then that would kind of give it a little bit of a shift. It really would. And, I, you know, I can't imagine writing the scenes of him meeting other doctors because uh, he would just be, you know, they <laughs> he would want to know from them what the, if they'd found anything mm-hmm. out. And um, he would be, especially the, the 12th, oh, well, he wouldn't, he wouldn't think the 12th was anything extraordinary, would he? Because um, uh, the, he had, had yet to spend a regeneration. Yeah. But, um, I mean to say he doesn't know about the extra, the extra tenth doctor that the tenth doctor uh-huh. does. So he would think, that, yeah, it's fine that, that there should be it should be such a regeneration. But still, he would want to ask them if they'd found anything out, and if, if they told him the truth, my goodness, that's what the comic would be about. <laughs> his huge reaction to that, you know, that, that would derail uh-huh. everything. But um, anyway, so that's 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 it. And um, I I think he's an amazing, amazing doctor. Okay, then. So that 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 that's that's the huge thing I wanted All to right. say. Well, probably got that in, and and uh, I, once again, I'm looking forward to the four doctors. I think it's going to be a, a really fun, interesting story. And uh, thank you for being on the show. Thank you very much. Cheers, then. I hope you enjoyed that classic interview from years gone by. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Doctor Who Panel the Panel. Please let me know what you think. Um, send me a tweet, uh, mention it on Twitter, or send me a message on Facebook. And uh, give me some feedback. Anybody who gives me feedback, whether it be uh, via social media, or uh, like I've said before, go on iTunes and leave me a positive review. Try to help boost the visibility of this podcast. It's greatly appreciated. Feedback is greatly appreciated, and if you uh, give me some feedback, I'd be more than happy to send you a Doctor Who panel-to-panel button to put on your backpack or your jacket or your Tom Baker scarf, wherever you want to put it. Uh, It's all up to you. So, with all that out of the way, thank you for listening to this episode, Uh, another episode coming up in a couple weeks, and until next time, this is Jeremy Bement saying so long. Doctor Who Panel to Panel, the podcast about Doctor Who comics, thanks you for downloading this episode. Let us know what you thought about this episode or of Doctor Who comics in general. You can find us socially on Facebook at Doctor Who Panel to Panel, on Twitter at Doctor Who P2P, 2 being the number 2, and online at DoctorWhoComics.com. Download previous episodes via your favorite podcast service and find the complete catalog of episodes featuring amazing interviews with creators past and present at archive.org. Just search for Doctor Who Panel to Panel. Thank you.